Do we have a deal, Mr. Reagan? You know, I know this steak doesn't exist. I know that when I put it in my mouth, the Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. After nine years, you know what I realize? Ignorance is bliss. Then we have a deal. I don't want to remember nothing. Nothing. You understand? And I want to be rich. We're back in studio for episode 76 of Grill. How long's take, Mr. 15 minutes. Thank you. I am your host, Bobby Stills. Across from me, uh, his eyes are watering right now. He's crying. He's so happy, overcome by tears of joy. His name is Johnny Tsunami. How's it going, Johnny? Good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, you all right? Yeah, my fucking allergies have just been kicking up real bad. Yeah, man. Seattle summer, baby. Yeah, hitting hard. Yeah, that's right. We are recording to you from Seattle, Washington, on South Lake Union at Studio 212. We are a production of the Soundcasting Network. And once again, no queef boogie. He's out handling business, as AKA he says. the invisible producer living up to that name, sir. Yes, I just got off the phone with him. He said he's handling that business, trying to get us that guala. <laughs> Do you know what guala is? I thought he was just doing kid shit for his kids. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Who knows? I was supposed to be here in the studio with him yesterday. They're setting up streaming for some of our other podcasts here on the Soundcasting Network, soundcastnetwork.com. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so I think we're going to be on Twitch here pretty soon. Oh, nice. We might do it, too. I don't know. Uh, but if we do do it, that means we have to record at the same time every week in studio, uh, 4 o'clock call time. That's fine. Yeah, we can make that happen. Okay, now that I got all the intros out of the way, Jahani Toonami, what's up with you, dog? Sorry, I will apologize on air to you, your fans, your future wife, and your unborn son. (laughs) I apologize I did not come to your baby shower yesterday. That's all right. We did not have your gift ready, me and my lady friend. Uh, we're making you something. It was I, fig- not done. I figured that's what I told Sarah it would be. And it's lit, fam. <laughs> uh, but it was Pride yesterday, and you know I got a lot of pride. So I was at the parade representing. I was representing for the podcast, man, because here, you know, we have a lot of gay pride here at Girl How Long Sleep, Mister. <laughs> so Johnny chose to forego the pride parade, you know, and I respect that choice. I did. I had uh, important shit to do. <laughs> yeah, eat, eat, eat that Whole Foods. Oh yeah, the Amazon Whole Foods. Not yet. Has it changed? They're not sold yet. No, not quite yet. No. <clears throat> All right, Johnny. What? So yeah, anything new? You want to update the people? I got recognized twice yesterday at the Pride Parade. Yeah, you said that for the podcast. That's exciting for you. Yeah, it was exciting for me. I don't, I don't know how they recognized me. <laughs> they, they thought know. they thought I was Johnny. They're like, oh, you sound like the you know the. Very handsome black gentleman on the show. That's not me. Nope, I'm Robbie. I'm Robbie. I'm not Jahani. I am Robbie. I'm the ugly (laughs) co-host. 
fuck you, son. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Any work updates? Anything cool? No, nothing spectacular. Just chilling, working through the summer. It's being hot in the uh, kitchen. Being hot in the kitchen. Yeah, that's what's up. We were supposed to have a guest today. I will call him out by name. Timothy Hodginson. How you say his name? Something like that. Hodgins. Hodgsons? I don't know. I should probably <laughs> look it up on my phone. But he is the executive chef at, damn, what's the name of that place? Do you know the name of the place, Johnny? It's the Dinner Theater, right? Yeah, it's a dinner theater down in Pioneer Square. I was super interested to figure out how that works. Um, but he wanted to come on the show. And he's been asking me about coming on the show. So I was like, yo, anytime you want, next week, we can have you in studio next week. And uh, he confirmed. And then today I hit him up. Nothing. So, Tim, that's a buster-ass move, dog. Buster move, bro. And you're the homie. So, if you see him on the streets, let him know. You don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I guess since we don't... I don't have any updates, so I'm not working right now. And I haven't eaten anywhere... Any place you know, that has to do with anything. So we'll jump right into the show, you guys. Uh, me and Johnny have. Uh, oh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the tip I got from uh, somebody, uh, Victor Golf. Um, wink, wink. Um, hit me up about this today. Uh, and he or she, oh, it's a she, has been to this restaurant, I want to say three times. Uh, I've never been there. My ex-co-host, Hillel, has been there. Johnny's co-workers just went there. His bosses, I guess. Uh, the Willow's Inn on Lummy Island. Um, it's known as, uh, I guess, Washington's premier uh, restaurant. Yeah. Uh, Blaine Wetzel, he uh, kind of, he worked at Noma, and he came to, uh, back to home to Washington and wanted to bring kind of what he learned at Noma to the, the Pacific Northwest Um Hyper local. Um, he won uh, James Beard Awards Best Chef Northwest last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, people come from all over the world to eat at Lummy Island. I unfortunately have not been there. I'd love to go there, but your boy, um, I got from Seattle Times. Uh, the Willows Inn on Lummy Island is to pay workers one hundred and forty nine thousand dollars for wage and overtime vi- violations. So we have talked about st- the staging program. Uh, on this show many times before. Uh, do I think it's fair? Yeah, to an extent, yes. Yes and no. Yeah, yes, I believe that. Like, I don't mind stashing for a night. There has to be some compensation if you're going to do it for a long time. Beer, uh, food and a drink. That's usually what we get, even if you yeah, suck. Yeah, but food and a drink doesn't pay rent, you know? Especially, like, when you're working at a restaurant that's this high caliber and stuff like that. They require you to live on the island. That's true. Um, and that's why it's, it's a, um, some places over in Europe you have to pay to stash at. Mm-hmm. It's pay to play. Um, so I'm not sure to the extent exactly how, exactly what happened. Um, I'm just hearing about this. I didn't get very much time to research it. But the headline says the premier, the premier Pacific Northwest destination restaurant is canceling its stage apprenticeship program following an investigation by the U.S. Department of Labor, one that has implications for high-end restaurants and their entry-level workers across the country. Uh, basically, um, the Department of Labor, U.S. Department of Labor, uh, does not say how they were tipped off 
off why they investigated them. Uh, they just said there was a complaint made and they made an investigation and they have found uh, Lummy Island's Willows Inn is going to pay $74,812 in unpaid overtime. That's crazy. Plus an equal amount in damages to 19 of their kitchen workers. It's going to total $149,624. Damn. So, yeah. Um, they're saying the Willows Inn illegally required entry-level kitchen staff to work a one-month trial period for free. Um, the wages were as low as $50 a day for up to 14 hours of work with no overtime. Jesus. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a really, really good place. And we have talked about this on the show before. The reason why a lot of these restaurants... Uh, do you remember what episode it was? I want to say it was 69, 70. Yeah, it was in the 60s for sure. 68, 69. But we've talked about this a lot. It gives a lot of these restaurants an unfair advantage. To um, make money. To make money. You're also, your overhead is a lot lower because you have so many stages and you don't have to pay people to do the minute tasks that they ask their stages to do. Um, so the, the Department of Labor... Um, mostly says that when it did an investigation, they had these stages doing shitty tasks that had nothing to do with cooking. Uh, mostly like cleaning dishes, polishing silverware, collecting herbs, uh, prepping the vegetables before they got cooked, and then assembling dishes. I guess assembling dishes is the only one that I'd really uh I mean, half of those appreciate. are good. They just paint... Um the cleanup, painting the painting the, the wall, outside of the building. The building, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it. That this is a. It's a. It's a known thing over in Europe. It happens, but. Yep. But with this, it's interesting because you know they know that these kids are going to do it because they want the recognition from or the prestige from the restaurant. So you know that they'll lick boot just to do this one month stage. A lot of these people probably opted into doing that, knowing what they were getting. And there was probably one person that was disgruntled being like, this is bullshit. No, so my thought, let me, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Johnny. Oh, you're fine. Okay. Let me go ahead and get, my theory when I read this, right, was, this is what I pictured. Some kid who moved across the country to to stage at Willow's Inn. Yeah. And he told his dad or his mother, like, <laughs> no, mom, they give me like $50 a day. I work like 15 hours. I don't have any money, mom. I'm sorry. I can't pay my cell phone bill. Or can you, <laughs> sorry, mom. mom, can you like uh, pay my Xbox Live account? Are they not, what do you mean? And the mom, <laughs> the parents going, what do you mean they're not paying you? And he goes, mom, that's just how it is. It's just, this is what I want to do. This is my life. It's my dream. And they're like, no, this isn't right. I'm calling the Department of Labor. Like, this is, there's no way. And all because of this one, you're, you're ruining my life, mom. Now the stage program's over. Thanks. <laughs> now I have to come home and live with you guys. Yeah. Too. Yeah. We're, I'm not working at Uncle Rico's pizza pizzeria, dude. <laughs> I want to be a chef. Um, that's kind of what I thought. What do you think happened, Johnny? Yeah, I think the same thing. Or it was like either that or just one disgruntled worker was just like, this is bullshit and I'm going to call the labor board. Or it was an ex-employee. You know, you never know. Oh, there's so many, so many different. Yeah, and then also this article doesn't go into whether or not uh, the compensation that they that they have to pay is going to employees there. I well, get, they say it's going to the cooks, though, right? Well, no, they didn't say that. I mean, they didn't say directly. The, the, the it's a paid internship program, so it's not that they're paying. They're not paying 
these apprentices or these stages anything. They're paying them as low as $50 a day for up to... F- but it says right here that it's paying unpaid overtime plus an equal amount in damages to 19 kitchen workers. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if they classify these. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, me and you have both worked in restaurants where we did not get paid overtime. Yeah. Uh, we have worked off the clock by choice. It wasn't that it was either we got the work done that night. But you know that if somebody was like, oh, you get free money because you did all that shit and that's illegal, that we would be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's by choice. I mean, they sometimes they force us to. They 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 do it the legal way, so they don't get in trouble. Yeah, it's like, look, they, you guys can stay and get this done tonight. We've stayed off clock, and and prep stuff, so that we had to come in early the next day. We also come in early on our own time to get stuff done, because it's the only way we can really get it done. Yeah, but it's like a lot of times. I mean, this is something that I'm learning with the restaurant I work at now, is that if they schedule for your schedule you for a time, you can't be so early that you're making that you're like gaining hours a week on your pay stub yeah you know you just have to be like you know 10 minutes on early yeah um and they require you to get all of your stuff done in that amount of time and if you can't that you need to ask for help yes so they're even if you wanted to come in early and start doing stuff you can't because they're like you should be able to get it done in this time yeah no matter how busy it is it gets pretty fucking hairy I know how it goes. All right. We're going to wrap this up real quick. I just want to go into. uh, So the Department of Labor is quoted as saying uh, we uh, do directed investigations based on issues that we find are common in the industry. We don't actually disclose why we did the investigation. In any particular case, uh, if we do get a a complaint, we will be responding to that. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is happening all over the. All over the nation. Oh, they updated this. Uh, Willow's in statements. They didn't have this statement earlier. Uh, we operated a stage internship program that allowed young chefs to stage in our kitchens to gain work experience. There were passion. They were, these were passionate individuals who sought us out for the opportunity to stage at Willow's Inn. All were volunteering chefs. Some were compensated in a variety of ways, including daily rate and lodging. Once we were informed by the Department of Labor that the practice of staging was illegal, we ended the program immediately. So. There you go. Somebody fucked up. Well, yeah. and it's, uh, Some it's, people are pissed, I'm sure. And I know from past experiences with cooks who have met Blaine and, you know, even with my chef, he's not a bad guy. He was definitely not trying to do this to be But malicious. he did it. I mean, yeah. he went through it. This, there's, there's nothing really in a kitchen that a chef will ask you to do that they haven't done themselves. Yeah. And he was just trying to implement what he learned in Europe. And I think, you know, it, it doesn't work the same way. There's a... Our rules are so much different than other countries. It's like we. Yeah, really that's what they said. Sure. They said in this article, they like that shit doesn't fly in America. It's illegal. Straight up. I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing. We. I mean, I. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm indifferent to well, this. Well, yeah, I'm in the middle. People too. can we, abuse. People can abuse. Well, because it it makes it. It doesn't make a real life experience or a real world experience. Like in the real world, you are, this stuff will happen, but it won't be your choice. So like learning how to deal with it by choice is going to make you even better at it when it happens to you when it's not by your choice. Well, this is the kind that I was thinking about is like when the stage, I've never been to a stage period that long. I've done like maybe a week long stage and it wasn't, it wasn't full shifts. It was each day was a different type of shift. So one day I'd come in, open up a new prep. One time I'd come in and do a happy hour. One time I'd come in during the rush. One time I'd stay and do a close. You know, so each day it was something different. And it was to see if if I liked it as well as they liked me. Yeah, and it's like if it's... 
if it's a good restaurant and it's something that you're excited about, then why the fuck not? Who cares? But I don't like it when it's like a medium mediocre restaurant cooking that bullshit yeah and i ain't like, learning nothing yeah they're like, y'all getting free a, labor out of me pisses me off dodge for pantry i'm like no go fuck yourself like, yeah it pisses me off man it's like you're getting free labor but what i was thinking was like it's pretty cool because a stodge you know they come in there you watch them bust their ass and they're doing they're doing their job as if they were getting paid you know, top dollar or you get stodges that come in there and they're like, well, fuck it. I'm not getting paid anyway. So I'm just going to half ass this. Yeah. You know? And well, and that weeds them out and then, you know, like, you know, who can get a good reference and who cannot because they're most likely getting really great references from the, from Blaine and from other yeah, staff dude, workers. Yeah. You know, if for if doing you use this. him on your fucking resume as a reference dog, yeah, you can go get a job anywhere. anywhere. Yo, shout out to all those motherfuckers that work at Canalyst, dog. Uh, I know y'all, I know y'all are some, gar- some of y'all are garbage. Uh, I've worked with some of y'all. No, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but <laughs> they've got in there from just off of a name. Yeah. And now they're actually, you know, becoming really, really good. I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm just saying y'all, some of y'all are not canalist level uh, cooks uh, or chefs. Well, I think that's the thing about those, these chefs, you know, like um, my chef, he doesn't hire on ability. He hires by you know who they are as a person yeah. and i feel like a lot of you can chefs, teach them yeah a lot of chefs do that because they're like okay you vibe good and you seem like you have a good attitude it seems like you'll learn um and you'll try to and you'll want to be here and that's the people you want to surround yourself with as opposed to hiring someone who thinks they're badass and actually uh-huh. in like reality doesn't know anything but you're paying them like a certain amount so you know it's it it's give and take you know you gotta pick your battles also the thing about it is is you can cook you can teach anybody to cook yeah I hate people who say like I can't cook it's like motherfucker you take the time get the knowledge learn the skill and you can do it yeah it's uh, some of the best people I've ever cooked with they were just dish people um, and they, thank you, Robbie. I take that compliment. <laughs> yeah, but they never held a knife their entire life. Now they're running lines. You know what I'm saying? Someone will run circles around me. Most but, of them, probably. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Coming over to the table. I told you I'm sorry for not coming to the baby shower. All right. This is so we're going to move on to the next story. And uh, this uh, this story pertains to you, Johnny. Do you want to do you want to open this up? I do. We're going to talk about. Mr. Blue Moon. Mr. Blue Moon. Uh, your buddy's name is, uh, was it Chuck Olson? Charlie Olson, yeah. Charlie Chuck. Olson, Chuck. So, uh, in the previous weeks, I want to say last week and maybe the week before that, yeah, yeah two weeks, um, a lot of things have been popping up on social media about Charlie Olson, the owner of Blue Moon Burgers. And at first, I thought it was a hoax. Or like, what else does he own? Um, I don't know. What else does he own? He owns... We'll keep going. I'll figure it out. He owns something else, too. Um, But he... It's been popping up. I thought it was a hoax because uh, I was like, oh, this random person, you know, blah, 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 sent it. Um, then it kept on popping up on more reputable people's web pages. And so I was like, oh, shit, something must be going down. Um, then today... I found this article. It came out on June 21st, so a couple days old, and it says, Owner of Seattle Blue Moon Burgers admit he took part in a racist text exchange. Um, So what happened that I found out was there was a photo on Facebook of a text message thread, I guess that's what you call them, right? Threads. Um, Of a picture of an all-black line, and underneath the caption was, this is what prison looks like. 
something something line full of N words expletive. You're black. You can say the word. I'm not going to say the word. All right, fair enough. <laughs> not, not for the listeners, you know, because I definitely know there's a lot of kids that listen to this show too. Yeah. Oddly enough, but um, so yeah, so he basically generalizes his whole black line as a bunch of prisoners, and you know, uses derogatory words to describe them as well. Um, the person who's texting him replies with like, I'm pretty sure like, ha ha ha, something like that, and kind of just brushes it under the rug, and you know. It made its way around Facebook. Uh, he openly denied it at first, right? He was saying that he had nothing to do with yep. it. Uh, so basically what he says is, uh, basically what he says when this happened is, is that when it first came out, he said that he had per- recently purchased new iPads and for all, had, yeah. all of his locations. There's about four, I believe, four Blue Moon Burgers. One is down the street from my house on Broadway. We will not be going. It's fucking shitty anyway. We're going to burn it down, right? I thought about putting a brick through the window, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying I'm trying to be, you know, positive. Anarchy. So my, my girlfriend rubs Anarchy. off on me. I'm trying to be positive and, you know. Not, but yeah, he was trying to say that a fucking so yeah, so worker got into his yeah that he iPad. that he could sign into his cloud, and so he was th- one me. of his workers was sending texting back and forth with somebody else through the iPad, which was not him. No, it's under real, his name though. It's it's he's a he's a fucking asshole <laughs> and a fucking liar, a piece of shit owner. Um, that he can make these jokes and then not cop to it when he got caught. Yeah. Um, it's not a very funny joke to fucking uh, refer to your fucking line cooks as prisoners um, and then laugh about it when somebody calls them the N-word, right? So he basically th- the... Oh, what's the name of this fucking... Uh, okay. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission or the EEOC as I'll be referring to them. They investigated... Blue Moon Burgers for eight months because they had got complaints about this. Yeah, they had a standing. Yeah. And basically what happened is, is the, the employees who were fo- c- captioned in the picture, um, they were part of a, I don't know, of a suit, but they were part of the investigation, so they were not allowed to speak about it. Oh, okay. Okay. They were not allowed to speak about the issue because it was under investigation. Um, so the EEOC found nothing wrong. They found him not guilty or whatever the the decision was made that he did nothing wrong in the situation. That is when one of the employees in that was in the picture who saw took a one of the people took a picture of the comment. What happened is is Chuck Olson had signed into his all his iPads into his iCloud, so it was his personal account. So every time he got a notification, it went to pretty much all any any of the ones that were signed into his iCloud because he's an idiot and doesn't know how to use technology apparently. Um, So somebody was there when he got the text message. It was the text message was between him and one of his general managers of the store. Now the general manager is the one that used the N word. He referred to him as prisoners and he also laughed about it so he was the one replying back um yeah i was free i never know what it looked like i'm like who is writing what <laughs> yeah the the blue the blue bubbles is the the manager the gray bubbles are oh blue mu- it's sent and then gray is received. is received yeah so he um so he he you know he denied it uh he said he didn't do that he said he lied and said somebody had hacked into his thing or was was trying to set him up for the woo. And (laughs) basically that's when your boy, uh, who was in one of the people in the pictures was like, nah, this is, this will not stand homie. 
blew it up on social media and it got picked up. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, I'm not falling for this shit. No, no I, yeah, me too. I don't know what's up. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, it's like, it's like disgruntled employees make various claims about people. I've heard some ill shit. I don't need that blue moon anyway, but. Neither do I, but. Uh, a local business owner who is in the industry, I definitely want to get the bottom of it. So I started texting some people that I knew that used to work out, uh, work at uh, Blue Moon Burger. Brittany, shout out to you. Um, Brittany. 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 Um, yeah. And they didn't say, they said he was a nice guy. They said they had Most met. racists are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Closet fucking racist. Closet. I think, I, I don't know if I spoke to you or somebody else, but yo, if you're a racist, you don't like black people, let that shit be known. You know what I'm saying? We I've worked with many a people who are racists, and that I I can't help that you're racist. You're probably born that way, or you're probably raised that way. Yeah. Uh, by your parents, you just don't become a racist. You're taught it, and uh, you know as long as you do your fucking job and you don't say that shit around me, I don't fucking care, man. Uh, Keep that shit between. We you and talk your about politics. You know, it's like I don't fucking care if you're a Republican, man. That has nothing to do with how me and you work together. You know what I'm saying? As long as we're not talking politics or race or religion or sexual orientation in the kitchen, I don't care. Unless you're so white. <laughs> Gotta bring it up. So, uh, basically, fuck this dude. I'm going to read his statement uh, that he, this is after he had already uh, denied this, lied, and said that somebody else had uh, written that on, uh, it was not him. Uh, official Blue Moon Burgers. Nearly three years ago, I made a terrible error in judgment, participating in a private text exchange that was horribly inappropriate. Since then, I've reached out to those involved to offer my sincere apologies. As a part of this issue, the Equal Employment Opportunity... Oh, shit. I erased it, I think. Or the EEOC uh, was asked to investigate my explanation that uh, that okay hold on as a part of this issue the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission was asked to investigate my explanation that was it was in a single but nonetheless deplorable failure on my part we assisted the EEOC and its extensive 18 month 18 month investigation which included extensive interviews with our staff and a review of our policies and practices at the conclusion of the investigation after weighing all the information the EEOC decided not to move forward with their investigation as I shared with my team when I apologized back in 2014 I asked them to weigh in on my actions and what they knew about me and our organization. I am proud that we've created an organization that embraces diversity with a third of our workforce made up of minorities and about half women, including members of our leadership team. Charlie Olson. Buster. Straight Buster. A.K.A. Buster Bitch. Yeah, so uh, I will go ahead and... Uh, oh, fuck. Do I do I want to tell people that listen to this show to go to this page and write shit on this wall? I'm pretty sure he's getting the slap down, but you can definitely, you know. The best one, the best one I, I've liked people to do because people have like, you know, he was deleting comments left and right. He was like denying everything. He was, uh, yeah, all the reviews. I mean, I'm not going to say review his business uh, because there's still people that work for him in the industry. And they're probably good people. Yeah, uh, they need jobs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not going to blame everybody that works, all his managers, for his actions. Uh, I, and his, is he the single owner of that company? He needs to be gone. That's one thing. Yeah. Sell it. Get out. I don't know what you're going to well, do. Well, because not only is he now known as a racist, he's now known as a liar. 
Yes. Uh, but what I'd say is go to his LinkedIn page. Oh. That's the one. Because he owns two businesses. Um, I could find the other one on my phone. I'm just, yeah, too busy recording right now. But, uh, yes, I encourage all of our listeners at Grill Long State, Mr. Resting. Resting. To uh, go to his LinkedIn page. Uh, write him an email. Uh, you know, let him know. Like, that shit's not cool. Uh, and please, just so we know it's from you, start it with Dear Buster. Straight, uh, dear Mr. Straight Buster. <laughs> straight, straight white male Buster. Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say on that thing. Johnny, you want to close the, close that with anything? Uh, no, not really. You know, I'm, I'm smacking my teeth a lot today. <laughs> but, you know, just I'm surprised at what that that was real. I thought I really, really so thought it was I. a hoax. So and I was like hoping that it would be because I was like, ah, man, I know that that happens in this city. But a lot of stuff has been happening way too close to home in the past few weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people, uh, the shooting of uh, what's her name? Charlene. Charlena. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, you know that. And amongst other things, it's just too many things hitting close to home in a city that you think that you're safe in because uh, well, we're so liberal is actually. You think. We, we think we live under this liberal umbrella here in Seattle. But, but it, it, shit pops s- off. Same shit. Same shit. It, it happens in all major cities. And uh, yeah, we're not protective. Um, one good thing that we, we're going to be moving into right now is uh, Seattle's minimum wage hike. Uh, so. You know, at the beginning of this year, we were talking about minimum wage and how it was hiking up to $15, and a lot of states were, and cities were taking the initiative and skipping the whole um, gradual process of raising it from $10 to $11.50 and so on and so on until it reaches 15 and just going straight to the 15 That major hike. That major hike. Um, a lot of people were very, very upset because they were like, this is going to destroy our restaurant industry. Um, we're not going to be able to pay workers. And... We're not going to be able to make sure everyone gets their tips, blah, 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 blah. This all bullshit. Well, um, as of June 21st, an article came out by Whitney Falloon stating that the minimum wage hike actually hasn't actually led to fewer jobs Um, in some states. As Robbie and I were talking about earlier today, uh, San Francisco and San Diego are taking mad hits right now. They're actually closing down quite a few restaurants, um, retail and restaurant-wise. It's just with the online surge of shopping, retailers aren't able to keep people on their floor at $15 an hour. That's just not going to happen. And for restaurants... um, you know, there is just so much oversaturation of these places, of these restaurants that they can't keep their workers at $15 an hour either. But in Seattle, we doing good. We chilling. Yeah. Um, basically, they're saying that, um, you know, our price hike uh, went, is up now to $13. Uh, we're going to be at $15 by 2021. So it's a gradual process. Um, and they're actually seeing like, you know, we're, we're still more jobs. We're getting more jobs even with the. Uh, the minimum wage inc- uh, increase here. Uh, Johnny's reading from Eater. I'm reading from uh, Food and Wine magazine. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and there was an interesting thing that they said on the Eater article, and that was that you know, it, in previous times of minimum wage hikes around the nation, whenever there was a large thing, you saw across the board a um, a high amount of jobs being cut. Um, they actually said that this has not happened in Seattle. Uh, 
I don't know about what's how, if it's because we did the slow play, or um, and California did did it fast, but um, they also stated that you know it it tends like when people start making more money. They spend, they more, spend money. more money. Yeah. So if you're making more money, people aren't hogging that money. They're going out and spending it all across the board. But it's also tough because, especially for the food industry, it's like when you're making that much money, you're like finally able to pay your rent and yeah. like get groceries and stuff like that. So it's tough. But I mean, for for the for the minimum wage worker, the people like working at McDonald's and um, doing, you know, I don't want to say that that's any less lesser of work, but those jobs that aren't as demanding as working in high-paced kitchens, um, they're getting a good chunk of change now and they're actually able to support themselves. Um, and they probably are spending a little bit more money. Well, they got a little bit of extra money. They got a little bit of extra money because they were making it work off of that minimum wage and now they're getting more than minimum wage. A lot of us in the restaurant industry, we've been working at this rate for a while because we've gradually earned that right to be paid that much through hard work and labor for the, you know, for the past eight some odd years for some of us and some of us even longer. So we've made it work at this rate and now we're still getting paid this rate and, you know, rent's going up, groceries going up, gas going up. Um, so we're learning how to cope with this, but I'm glad that to see that Seattle is actually, um, making this work for them despite, uh, the negative feedback from the beginning. Yeah, well, they say that the wages have increased uh, much less among the food service restaurants, uh, indicating that employers made use of the tip credit component of the law. Yeah, the 20% gratuity? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's how they got away with paying workers less. Uh, but with it increasing, you know, they, they can't get around. A lot of restaurants, industries have got around paying minimum wage because of tip credit. You know, so they said, hey, your tips count towards your minimum wage. They're now making that illegal. Yeah, so exactly. you can't whatever tips you make are yours. It's the the restaurant, the employer cannot use that towards your minimum wage, and so there's been a lot. That's a lot of pushback against the minimum wage was from the restaurant industry. But I think it's been mostly from front of house because they want their tips. Yeah, and the owners too. Yeah, because they the, want their money. Yeah, and but from the kids' staff, you're probably hitting, no celebrate. <laughs> We're all like. Woo! Oh, dude, we were uh, when we first heard about this argument, it was a big there was a big argument between front of the house staff and back of the house staff. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and we were like, finally, motherfucker, like you don't get no fucking tips anymore. I'm, I sound like I'm such a dickhead. <laughs> you don't get no fucking tips anymore. Do you? All that money, all those tips you make? Nope. Getting split up fairly. Yeah, but now they're getting paid like a living wage. So it's like, and I know they want the tips because they make more money with the tips. But at the same time, I'm like, especially in this city, I'm like, shouldn't you just be glad that we have equality finally in this industry that's been so undignifying for some of us? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, back of the house staff got fucked. You know, I know my, my dishwasher. Steadily, steadily getting fucked. Yeah, my dishwashers now get paid $15 an hour. Like, that's dope. Yeah. And some of them, you know, some of them aren't great, but that's entry. That's starting off. That's starting years. off. And they're going to, you know, probably stay at that. But, you know, at the same time, once they move up into the kitchen and start showing, you know, their their stuff, they're number one. They want to work more because they're making money. So they want to work. They want to learn because they're like, I'm actually here. I'm a valuable. I'm a valued asset to this 
company as opposed to, you know, like I don't even call it the dish pit at work anymore because I once you used to be the bitch pit. Well, yeah. But once you once you put the term pit in there, it makes it seems like it's such a low and like degrading position when those guys are actually holding down the restaurant. So, you know, I like to call it the dish area or, you know, um, dish prep. Or something, you know, something a little bit different because I got my guys pickling for me. The other day we were we were working in tandem with my dishwashers. Well, a lot of restaurants are also eliminating the dish position and you all have to jump in. Yeah, my chef was actually wondering if we wanted to do that and help out. You know what I'm saying? It definitely humbles you being in the dish pit. It, um, bitch, sit down. Stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it's hot, it's sweaty, and uh, it's a grind over there, man. It is. Uh, Yeah, it takes some skill. And so you definitely got to humble yourself and hop in the dish pit. I don't... when I run in the dish pit, I, I you know, I, I take it as a time time to relax and uh, meditate. I crush and, the dish yeah, pit. Yeah, put on some music and just groove, man. Yeah. And, and you know what? And then the, your line cooks love you because you're like, whatever you need, dude, just holler at me. I'll go run and get it for you. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a good position and especially a good one to start off in. So I'm happy those guys are actually being paid above minimum wage. I know a lot of them were being paid under the table for a long time. Oh, yeah. But way below minimum wage. <laughs> so I just wonder how this is going to affect like uh with illegals working in the kitchen and you know if they're gonna if they're gonna people are gonna start hiring more people undocumented in the kitchen uh because that's the only way money that's the only way they can survive it is what it is i just know that i you know hiring from within is so much greater because you get those long-term workers yeah that way job security baby you know um we're gonna keep the conversation going make sure you email us at uh grill how long steak mr at gmail.com that's mr 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 um yeah and we're gonna go on to our ingredient of the week jahani Shirai's. 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 Yeah, cherries are coming in, people. Um, uh, Washington is known for great cherries. Um, be the using, Bing. The, the Bing. Rainier. The, I'm going to be using the Rainier. What are you going to be using? That chair chair? I think I might use Rainier, too, because it has that deep flavor. I do. I like it, too. That dark cherry. That dark. That dark. Uh, yeah. If you are located in the state of Washington, just start looking for those trucks. Yeah. Um, or drive out to Yakima. Yakima. Pick your own. <laughs> That's actually pretty fun. Me and my girlfriend went picking, not cherries before, but other, you know. Yeah. You know, raspberry picking. vegetables. Blueberries. Blueberry. Blueberries. Blueberries. Um, yeah. So, uh, Johnny, you want me to go first? You I'll go first. first. All right. Hit him up, John John. So, I'm going to do um, a cherry sorbet. 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 Uh, great for the summer. We had what? What was it yesterday? 94, 95. Yeah. It was hot as a motherfucker yesterday. I was, I was like sweating out of sweat, dude. <laughs> it was horrible. But anyway, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to grab four cups of uh, sour or sweet cherries, fresh or frozen. I like to use fresh because it gives it that, you know, that um, that flavor. You're going to pit them all, pit and stem them. So make sure that there's none of that good stuff. You can get a cherry pitter or you can just cut them in half and pit them straws. by hand. Oh, yeah, straws work too. A chopstick. My chef has this one weird contraption that literally you pop it through the bottom and swirl it because it has like a little hook yeah. and it grabs the and pulls it back pulls out. it out but you keep the it keeps the the top on so they look like they haven't oh, been hit it but at the same time they have been so that's pretty cool. Um, you're gonna get one cup of water, 
Uh, two to four tablespoons confectioner's sugar or super fine sugar, that white sugar. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going to puree the cherries with water and sugar uh, to taste and make sure that it's, you know, pretty sweet. Uh, depending on how sweet you want it, you can make it sweeter, you can make it less sweet, blah, 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 blah. Uh, do whatever you want. You're going to strain that through a fine sieve, um, pressing the solids to extract as much of the liquid as possible. And when I say pass it, you're going to pass it until it's dry. A lot of people pass things and they're like, oh, it's good. And you're like, no, there's probably a good, passing. yeah, there's a good cup left in there. Um, so you're going to pass that. And then what you're going to do is you're going to discard the solids and you're going to um, process the liquid in an ice cream maker um, according to the manufacturer's directions, depending on which one you use, because there's many different Take kinds of that out shit there. by hand, fool. <laughs> like put it in the fridge. <laughs> Get a walk-in cooler and walk in there. Right. Stand in there. Stand in there. Um, you're basically what you're gonna do is you're gonna whip that in the ice cream machine until it gets smooth. So it's gonna look broken apart and slushy like for a really long time. I'd probably say if you have a good motor on your ice cream machine, it'll probably take around an hour to two hours. But if not, then it might take upwards to three or four. Um, but make sure that it's not nice and smooth and it's paddling you want to be able to stick your finger in there and have it stick like have the mark that you made in there stick up um once you do that you're going to take it and put it into a curly tip curly tip yeah Yeah. put it into a um, tempered container uh metal preferably put a lid on that or saran wrap that shit make sure it's nice and tight not getting oxidized or anything like that because that's where you'll get the frost from put it in your freezer and if you made it right it should be scoopable as soon as you no matter how long you leave it in that freezer um but sometimes if you over whip it it'll get hard and you'll have to let it settle a little bit but you can do this with any fruit juice but cherries right now you know what i'm saying legit Okay, I'm going to be doing a uh, basically like a cherry uh, sauce, I guess. For, what type of cherry? What meat? type of sauce? Oh, meat like sauce? Like a reduction? Yeah, it's a cherry reduction. Gastric? Gastric? No, it's not going to be a gastric. <laughs> All right, so what you're going to need, people, are you going to need like a quarter stick of butter? Yummy, yummy. Yum, yum. One large shallot. You're going to uh, dice that up pretty fine. Uh, you're going to need a cup and a half to two cups of uh, Rainier cherries. Uh, you want to pit them and cut them in half. Uh, you need about two to three tablespoons of red wine. Uh, you need a quarter cup of beef broth. Um, and then let's get some fresh uh, rosemary sprigs. Uh, maybe two of those. Ooh. Okay. Uh, basically, what you're going to do, take any kind of meat you'd like. Um, you can do pork is really good with this. Um, a chicken would be nice too. Um, you can get beef, you can get a steak too, whatever you'd like. Uh, but what you want to do is you want to cook your meat in whatever pan that is, sear it off, uh, grill it, whatever, put it in the oven. I don't know, but you want to take that pan, um, and you want to, uh, toss that pat of butter in there, turn, turn your uh, heat down to medium, uh, throw your pat butter in there, scrape up all the bits that are on the bottom of your pan from your meat that you're cooking whether it be chicken, pork, or beef. Um, you want to toss your uh, shallots in um, until they start to soften and get a little bit translucent. Translucent. Um, <laughs> then you want to stir in your red wine, uh, your beef broth, and you want to bring that to a simmer. Um, and you want to then pull your uh, rosemary off, dice it up pretty fine, toss that in there, and then reduce your sauce until it begins to thicken. Add some salt and pepper at the end, and boom. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, for throwing your cherries with the shallots. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we're going to make a cherry sauce, but we're going to not use I cherries. I was like, 
Wait, wait, wait. I didn't throw in the cherries. Uh, yeah. So you want to throw in, uh, you throw in your cherries the same time you throw in your shallots. Um, let them cook down just a uh, little salt. It's going to take about two to three minutes. Um, you can dice them in quarters too. It just depends how fine you want your, um, your cherries to be for the sauce. You can also pull this off and put it in a Vitamix or a blender or something like that. Uh, but yeah. And there you go. Put that on a spoon, spread it across, and lay your uh, pork down on top of there. There you go. Fancy stuff. Lummy Island style. You know what I'm saying? Local. Hyper local. $60 per cherry. $60 per cherry. We grew these in our rooftop garden. We put a tree up there five years ago. <laughs> we crossbred it with a chrysanthemum. <laughs> I don't know. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 77. Yeah, there you go. You almost fucked it up. I did. I think I said 76 at the beginning of the show. Well. But it's 7-7, seven, seven, baby. Seven. Let me get that tattooed across my, the beast. my forehead. <laughs> hail Satan. <laughs> um, no, don't hail Satan. <laughs> K- Kale Caesar. Um, yeah. I want to thank Johnny Toonami. Uh, once again, apologize humbly for not uh, coming by, but I will have that baby gift for you. Thank you. Do you want to announce the baby's name on the show right now? Uh, no. All right. We'll pass on that. Uh, I He'll think, be here in four weeks, bro. Like, <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank our producer, Queef Boogie, a.k.a. the Invincible Producer. Uh, Buster Bust. Yeah, man. Got, had me signed out of Adobe. What a jerk. Oh, nah, he's the homie. Nah, he's great. Uh, I would like to thank my uh, special lady, lady friend. She supports me in many ways. Allows me to be me. I don't know why. I'd like to thank uh, Victor Golf for that uh, tip on Lummy Island. Um, and like, also like to say, I'd love to go out there anytime you're going back out to the Yeah, like I'm not going to not support Blaine Wetzel. You know so. <laughs> I'd like to go out there and visit. Uh, wink, wink. Um, and I would like to thank the Soundcasting Network for allowing us to record here. Visit us on our social media platforms. It's going to be Grill How Long Steak Mr. at gmail.com. It's going to be, uh, what's our Facebook? Uh, Grill How Long Steak Mr. What is our Instagram? At Grill How Long Steak Mr. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is Johnny. Tsunami. Mine is going to be at Bobby Stills, B O B B Y S T I L L S. Twitter will be at How Long Stake Mr. How Long Stake Mr. Uh, that's right. Uh, thank James Yader for uh, running our Twitter, also our photography he does for us. I also want to thank OC Notes for our intro and outro music. Uh, you can catch him at, uh, he's playing here somewhere, uh, I think with Metal Chocolates. But anyway, thank you, OC Notes. And uh, anything else, Johnny? Have a good week. Stay stay cool. Stay woke, fool. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>